From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, right after the book of Proverbs. Verse 6, it's going to be on the screen here, right there. It says, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Better one handful with tranquility, with peace, with joy, with contentment, than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Let's pray. Father God, I just ask in your name, that as you've been working already in our midst, Lord, through a time of worshiping you or just a time of coming to you, God, I pray that you continue to work as we look at your word this morning. Lord, I know, and I often pray this, that I can speak one thing and you can speak another. And so I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just speak to hearts, you'd speak to spirits, you speak to minds this morning, Lord, um, and share the things that you want to share. Open our hearts to receive from you. And God, let us be changed by your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you're in the know, but it's, it's Christmas season, right? It's, it's the most wonderful time of the year, as the song says. Uh, and the first clue of that is the dollar store starts putting up the Christmas um, stuff before Halloween. You know it's Christmas when the dollar store is getting ready, right? You're like, oh yeah, it's Christmas time, I forgot. And then you go in a grocery store and you're getting your groceries and then you hear the, the music. I don't know if they do it here. I haven't, you know, to be honest, I haven't shopped here in a while to listen, but we go to the food land or we do the Walmart pickup. How many do the grocery Walmart pickup? You don't even like, I'm, I'm so lazy that I'm just going to like te- text it in, you know, or, or superstore. But they start playing music and, you know, and then all of a sudden the Christmas Santa Claus parade is happening in November and you're like, it must be Christmas time. Lights are starting to pop up here, there. Anybody getting their Christmas lights up yet? Anybody? Some of us? Some of us. How, how many of you, you do a little bit at a time? You're like, I'm just going to start easy. I'm going to work my way into it. You know, I'm going to put up a couple maybe lights here. Christmas trees are starting to go up. Anybody put up a Christmas tree yet? Raise your hand. We got Christmas trees. So we did, we did two trees this year. Yeah, we did. We did two trees. We took our tree game to the next level. That's how you know that you're hardcore Christmas when you don't just have one tree, you have two trees. We got, we got an upper and a lower so that every level you're in our house, you can just be a part of the Christmas festivities. You don't have to feel like you're lacking anywhere. You can just go and you're like, oh, Christmas is here too. I thought it was only upstairs, but it's also downstairs. They actually came from, from, from my mom, which is funny. Um, when, when we first got married, my mom got remarried around that time, and they gave us one of their old trees. And so our first Christmas tree is, is my old Christmas tree. And so that's been our Christmas tree for a while. And then my mom, just this past year, they downsized. They're at that time, you know, where they're like, we need something smaller, empty nesters. Let's get rid of all the junk. And so they gave us one of our Christmas trees. So we have not one tree. We have two trees, and they're free trees, right? Come on. That's just, that's the best kind of tree. It's a free tree, right? You know, now, some of you take your Christmas to the next level. Like, you're like... You're like hardcore Christmas people. You're like, you're like the kind of people that we're like wondering if we should have an intervention for, right? You're the kind of person that everyone leaves the house, and then you get out the Christmas grenades, and they're stocked full of Christmas decor, and you just, 
chuck them in the house, and then Christmas blows up everywhere. You know what I mean? You can't even think. People are like, I don't even know I can walk on the floor because there's just there's trains and there's 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 trees and there's frills and there's greenery everywhere and and all sorts of stuff. Tinsel, you know, you're just how many of you that you're that person? Come on, be honest. You're like, I just I. You can't wait. You count down the days from Christmas Day to the next Christmas. You're like, okay, we're at 365. Now it's Boxing Day. Everyone's shopping. You're like, you know, more Christmas decor. You know, how long can I keep my Christmas decor up for before it's like past that time, you know? Sometimes you turn on the Christmas lights, you know, in January because you're like, yeah, it's still Christmas. It's still good, right? Christmas. I, I, I love Christmas and I love the festive fun, but something I've realized over the many Christmases we've had as a family now and as Jody and I have been married, is the amount of Christmas stuff that we've kind of collected. When we, first, when we first got married and we started Christmas, we didn't have, like, Christmas decor. I remember going shopping. Actually, it was with my mom, I think. We went shopping, and we were buying, like, Christmas lights and stuff. And it was just like, man, this is, there's, there's so much, and it's so expensive, and what do you do? And then over the years, all of a sudden, you just start collecting and collecting, and look at all the, the stuff, and now we have two trees. It's like, it's, this is, and we have a kid's tree. One's a kid's tree, one's a fancy tree, right? One's the adult tree, and one's like the kid tree. The kids don't touch the nice tree. They, they can help decorate it as long as it's decorated this way and not that way, right? But we have so much stuff, and I started thinking about this. I started thinking about how much stuff we have, and if I look at my life in general, let's step away from Christmas decorations. If I look at my life and I look at the years I've been living, I can see all the things that I've accumulated, and not just stuff. Some of it is stuff. My closets and, and, and attics and storage spaces are full. But what about like hurt or disappointment, failure, baggage? If I look back over my life, I've accumulated a lot of stuff. And this Christmas, we're going to look, look at letting go of some of that stuff. Letting go of the, some of the stuff that weighs us down or holds us back or stops us from moving to the next level in our faith, things like distractions, bitterness, control, our past, and actual stuff. Actual stuff. Here's the main thought this morning. It'll be on the screen for you. It says, better to have less of what does matter than more of what doesn't matter. It's better to have less of what does matter than to have more of what doesn't matter. Somebody say, less is more. Less is more. Now, here's the problem. Our culture screams the opposite. Our culture screams the opposite. Our culture says that more is better, but that's a lie. If you look at the first story in the Bible, the very first story in the Bible, you see that God created everything, and it was good. It was good. So he made, he made the, the light, and he separated the light from the darkness, and it was good. And then he made the sky and the waters, and it was good. You know, he's having a little party because he knows what the, what's coming, you know. And he makes, he makes the, the stars and the, and the moon, and it was good. And then he makes ocean life and, and vegetation, and it's good. And then he comes to the first man, Adam, and it was good. But it was not so good because Adam was alone, and then he created Eve. And how many know that was really good, right? It was really good. Man's not alone. And then he looked back at everything and said, it's good. And Adam and Eve are living in this oasis called Eden, it's so good, they don't even know they're naked, right? They're just, nobody's laughing at that. I think that's funny. But they're just, they're just, they got access to everything. You got everything. You have a permanent holiday here. 
It's a permanent vacation. There's a little work, but all you got to do is name the animals. Like, how many know that's easy work? That's my job? Sweet. All I got to do is name some, like a platypus? Great. Sweet. That is a platypus. I don't know. And that is a dog, and, and that is a cat, and, and that is a bird, and this is the kind of bird. And, and that's all they had to do. It was an oasis. It was beautiful. Everything was good. They had access to everything, but then something sneaks in. A little slithery snake. Serpent. We know later on that this is the enemy. This is the devil in disguise. But he looks at everything that, that they have access to, all this good stuff, and they had one rule, right? There's one tree, just, it's, it's a nice looking tree, you can look at the tree, you can admire the tree, but don't eat the fruit from that tree. One rule, I go walking in a forest and I don't eat the berries that I see because I'm like, that could be poisonous, I don't know. I'm not going to touch that. They had one rule. The serpent comes and says, oh, you have everything, but the thing that you don't have that's what you need. And that's the lie. What you don't have is what you need. And that's what our culture tells us. You have everything, but what you don't have, what you don't have access to, what you don't have in your possession right now, that is what you need. More is better. That's the lie. More is better. If $1 is good, $2 is good. If one car is good, two car is good. If one vacation is good, another one is better. If one Christmas tree is good, two is better. <laughs> Preferably a kid's one and a fancy one. But more isn't always better, and this doesn't ring more true for me than when I'm eating junk food. How many of you guys are like, I'm just, it's been, a, it's been a week, you know, and you're just, you're done, and you're just going to lounge on the couch. Maybe you're going to watch a good movie. It's Christmas time, so you're going to watch one of those really bad Hallmark ones. You know, that it's like sea level movie. I cringe when we go to watch those. But we do. And they're loving. And they're nice because everyone's always loving at the end. And, the, you know, snow is falling. And so you're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm rough week, good semi-movie-ish sort of whatnot. I'm going to go to the cupboard, get me some chips. It's just past Halloween. Maybe if you had kids or maybe you had some leftovers because you didn't have enough kids to come to your house. You're like, I'm going to get me some, some snacks, some goodies, some junk food, you know, some Skittles. You know, I'm, I'm feeling a little peckish this, right now. I'm going to get some pepperoni sticks from the, you know, maybe a little, maybe a little hummus and some dip. And, and you got to get this smorgasbord of stuff. I do this. I'm not even kidding you. I do this because my, my appetite feels like I could eat everything right now. And I, and I kind of put it all before me. True story, actually, after Halloween, um, because our kids are young, and they have way too much candy that they can consume, and they'll forget about it anyway. We took a bucket, I took a bucket, and I filled it <laughs> with candy, sat it next to myself, in between me and my wife, but closer to me, <laughs> and we watched a movie. And that bucket was full, and it was not full when it was done. But do you know what wasn't good? My belly. How many know when you eat too much junk, it's not good? Too much of a good thing isn't always a good thing. One, better one handful with tranquility, with, with peace, with contentment, with joy, than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. In other words, it's better to have less of what does matter than more of what doesn't matter. Why? Because your life is too valuable. Because your life is too valuable, your calling is too great, your God is too good to waste your life on things that don't last, that are worthless. So Jesus had, a, had someone come up to him, and he, and he said, hey, Jesus, I want you to be a medi mediator between me and my brother. 
You know, help, tell him to share his inheritance with me. Tell him to split it. We gotta, and Jesus is like, yes, absolutely. Bring him here. Let's divide it. Even Stephen, Samesies, Pharisees. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He didn't say, let's make it even. Let's make it fair. Let's, let's get you get, get what you want, and you're going to get what you want, and we'll have more, and it'll be great. He didn't say that. This is what he says. He says in Luke chapter 12, he says, watch out. Watch out. He said, be on your guard. This is a bigger deal, he says to this guy. This is a bigger deal than you realize. This is a bigger heart issue than you realize. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So this guy's just thinking, Jesus is a smart guy. I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to get some answers. And my brother, we're fighting, and maybe Jesus will help because he's the peacekeeper. He's going to bring some peace. And can you just tell him to share? Like, I just want him to share. I want him to do something nice. And Jesus is like, watch out. That's greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Repeat this after me. My life does not consist of my stuff. Of my stuff. Now, how hard is that, though? How hard is that? You are not what you own. You are not what you have. You are not what's in your possession. You're not what you wear. You're not what you drive. You're not what's parked in your garage. You know what's hanging in your storage shed. You know what's hanging in your closet. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions, but there's a lie that says what you don't have is what you need. So on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you're going to go shopping because you need more because the, the deal is so amazing, though. You don't even know. It's like 65% off. So I'm going to get 17 of them. I was planning on getting one because it was expensive, but now that it's a great deal, it's only 20 bucks. You are not what you own. You're not what you have. Your stuff does not define you. But the lie says what you don't have is what you need to feel happy, to feel popular, to feel cool, to fit in, to feel better about yourself, to measure up to the Joneses. You need more stuff. You need better stuff. You need a better house. You need a better car. You need a better closet full of things. You need a better wardrobe. You need the thing that your neighbor has because now they have it. You need it. What if the stuff you have or you're seeking is actually robbing you from the life you want? What if the stuff you're seeking, the stuff that you want, is actually robbing you of the life you want? Because Jesus says life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Life does not consist in your stuff. He's saying there's more to life. You're wasting life. You're wasting life. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Now, this is the perfect time where we're all going to probably buy a bunch of stuff, give a bunch of stuff, get a bunch of stuff. You know, crazy thing about kids is, first of all, they're, they're crazy, so just don't get any. The crazy thing about kids, especially younger ones, is they don't really want the stuff in, in the box. The, the young ones just want the box, right? Here, I got you a box for Christmas. They don't, like my kids sometimes will just play with the box for weeks, the stuff for days, maybe a day. Actually, Joshua's birthday just passed. He still has presents that he has not opened yet, like Lego sets that he has not used yet. I'm just going to wrap them back up. <laughs> Somebody else gave it. I'm going to wrap it back up. Here you go, buddy. This looks like what I had. No, you don't. <laughs> this time of year can really become about stuff. It can become about stuff that we have or get instead of what it's really about. So I thought, since 
Christmas is very practical. We put up things. We go to things. We, we do things. Let's get practical today. How do we go about letting go of the mentality that I need more stuff or that stuff defines me? How do, I, how do we go about letting go of stuff so that we can actually be filled with more of what's important? Remember, it's better to have less of what does matter than more of what doesn't. Number one, very easy, very simple, toss it. Toss it. I just rustled some feathers. Someone, someone went like this. <laughs> Excuse me. Toss it. Get rid of it. Throw it out. Donate it. Give it away. Because when we look at the stuff that we have, it's, it's quite ridiculous. One of my neighbors in the summer, they had their garage open. And I'm like, I looked at the garage, and it's like empty, like clean. And I literally said, where do you keep your stuff? Literally, I said, where do you keep your stuff? And he said, well, I don't know. I don't know. We don't really have stuff. We're, we're kind of minimal. And he wasn't being, like, arrogant. Was, we're kind of minimalist. And I was so challenged. So I'm like, well, where would I put my, my coolers and, and my yard equipment and and my equipment and the stuff that ever happens if there's a zombie apocalypse, because you never know, one day I might need that. <laughs> Where am I going to put that stuff? Where am I going to put my stuff? Where am I going to put my stuff? It challenged me. Anybody have those boxes that you have not unpacked since you moved in your house? So, yeah, I'm with you. So when we moved to Welland, we, moved, we, we came from Welland to, to Corona, but when we moved to Welland from Stainer, well, I was up in the Blue Mountain area, is near snowboarding and ski hills, and so I have, I had, I have snowboard gear, and I packed it up in a nice little box and put my snowboard in a nice little carrying case, and we brought it to Welland. And then when we left Welland and we moved here, that's the only box I did not have to pack, because I didn't unpack it, and it's sitting in my my closet, and the snowboard is hanging up because you never know. One day, I might just go snowboarding, and I might need that stuff. Toss it like your life depends on it, because for some of us, our lives do depend on it. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions, but some of us, our life consists in the abundance of possessions. Your life is not what you have in the garage, what you park in your garage, your shed, your storage room, your closet that's overflowing. That is not your life. And I'm not talking about decluttering. I'm talking about de-owning. Get rid of stuff you own so that the stuff doesn't own you. Right, you get rid of what you own so the stuff doesn't own you. Owning less is better than organizing more. So there's this guy in the New Testament. I think I mentioned him last week, actually. He had a lot of stuff. But his problem was is that his stuff had him. So Jesus said something to him that he didn't say to anyone else. He says this. He says, go and sell your stuff. Take that money and give it to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Then you'll have less of what doesn't matter, and you'll have more of what actually does. Go and sell your stuff, he says. Take that money and give it to the poor. Then you'll have treasure in heaven. Toss it. Get rid of it. Sell it off on Viraj or Kijiji or Facebook Marketplace. And then give that money away because then you'll have more of what does matter. The story goes that he was sad and went away because he had a lot of wealth. Story of a rich young ruler. He had a lot of wealth. So listen to me this. It's not wrong to have stuff. It's not wrong to have nice stuff. It's not wrong to have expensive stuff. God is a generous God. He blesses us. He gives us, like, I think about Solomon, who had more riches than probably any ruler that ever existed, more wealth. God gave him that because when God asked him, what do you want? He said wisdom. He says, not only will I give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you riches. It's not wrong to be wealthy. It's not wrong to have stuff. It's wrong when your stuff has you. 
It's wrong when, you're, when your stuff has you. It's wrong when you hoard stuff. It's wrong when you can't share your stuff. It's wrong when your life becomes defined by your stuff. It's wrong when your stuff becomes your idol. And you don't really know that to be true. You don't really know what your idols are. You don't really know what stuff owns you until Jesus asks you to give, up, give it up. See, this, this, this guy who came to Jesus, he, he thought he was following the law and, and, and was doing things right, and he was. But Jesus knew his heart. He knew an idol. And so he asked him to give it up, and he couldn't. You don't know what your idols are until Jesus asks you to give them up, and that's when we put up a stink, right? We fight or we reason away or we get offended. But that's my... And it doesn't have to be something sitting in our closet or something sitting in our garage. Just something that we're holding on to tightly. It's not wrong to have things, but it's wrong when things have you. It's wrong when materials and possessions and wealth become an idol. It's wrong when you believe you need more stuff to be happy. It's wrong when you believe the lie that more will be better. It's wrong when you think that getting more will make you feel more meaningful more powerful, like you've arrived or made it. Can I just say, some of us, you know, we think that if I look a certain way, I dress a certain way, if I get a new wardrobe, and I get it, you know, and I don't think it's wrong to get freshen up and, and feel good about yourself. I don't think that's wrong. But we can become so wrapped up in, in, in that, and we try to look like something we're not. Do you know the creator made you? Like you are made in the image of God? And then we say, well, that's not good enough. I've done it. You know, ask my wife. She'll just say, don't talk, to my, don't talk about my husband like that. I say the same thing to her. I say, don't talk about my wife like that. It's my wife. But we do that. Toss it, donate it, give it away, because doing so shifts our mentality to having less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. But why do we have a hard time doing that? Why do we have a hard time letting go? Two things. One is fear. And one is sentiment. Fear says, I'm afraid I might need this for the future. How many of you are there? I might need this. I might go snowboarding one day. It's been five years. It ain't happening anytime soon. I don't see any hills around here. And I got young kids, so I'm not traveling very far. <laughs> right? I might need this one day. My kids might need this. I don't want to be a waste. You know, I, I, I have to hold on to this. I have to hold on because what if this? What if this? If you haven't used it for years, it's probably time. Very practical, right? Very practical. If you haven't used it for years, it's probably time. If, if you haven't worn it in years, it's probably time. Now, this can be, I'm not saying it is, but this can be a faith issue. This can be a faith issue because it says, I don't trust God to provide for me in my future. I need to hold on to this because if, if I don't hold on to this, I might need this later on, but... But wait a second, if I need this later on, my Lord will provide. So it can be a faith issue when the stuff owns us. But I find that if we give things away or we, or we, or we donate things, not only does that show incredible generosity, you know, we get to be a blessing to someone else, but, but I actually shift my mentality to trust in God for my future. I really like this. I really think one day I'll need this. But I'm going to let go and I'm going to trust God for my future. I'm going to be a blessing to someone else. Or I'm going to let go of it, trust God for my future, because I know right now this thing is owning me. Or I care too much about this. Or I care more about this than I do actually pursuing the things God wants for me. So here's a simple way to change this. I heard this, and I think it's gold. When you get, give. When you get, give. When you get a new shirt, give an old shirt away. 
You're like, well, no one's going to want to wear my old clothing. I probably would because half of my wardrobe was given to me from a friend. <laughs> I'm like, you dress really cool. Can I? He's like, I'm going to just throw this away. I'm like, don't throw it away. I'm going to rum rummage through it. It's true. When you get give, when you get a new shirt, give a shirt away. When you get new pants, give a shirt away or toss a shirt. <laughs> I'm looking at your, some of your faces. You're like, ooh. But do you know what? I get it because I've been there. I have a closet full of some jeans and some of them have holes in them, and those are meant to be their holes. You're like, this is weird, but those are meant to be their holes. Some of them have holes in them, and those holes aren't meant to be there, and there are places that I probably should get rid of them because it's just inappropriate if I wear these because it's just not good. But, but what if I need? I get it. I'm there. I'm there. But if I get a new pair, I give, away, I give a pair away, and what that does is it shifts my mentality from, from, from a stuff mentality, from a more is better mentality. And it trusts to, in God to provide. The second is this, is sentiment. says that this is the first ribbon I got when I, was, when I was seven, or this is all of my children's teeth from when they lost them. You'll get there. This is, this is the first flock of hair. Or, you know, I wore this at this, or this is from that. You know, whatever it may be, it's, it's the sentiment kind of thing. I have, I actually have Taekwondo gear from when I was like 13 years old, and I don't get rid of it because I'm like, well, maybe one day, I'm not going to get Taekwondo again, are you kidding me? But I, say, I, think, I think this, I think one day maybe my boys will want to wear it, but they're not going to wear something that I probably never washed and shoved into a drawer. Don't tell my wife that. She just heard that for the first time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's been washed. It's hard to get rid of stuff when we have sentiment attached to them. And some things, are, some things are good to keep. Some things are good to keep. But other things become a problem or too much. Like I get, I get the, this is my child's first drawing or this is from my grandmother's whatever. But this is my prom dress from, you know, 40 years ago. Or, or this is the, the clothing I wore when whatever. And then you're, you're bursting out. You, ever, you know those, those shows? where they're just bursting, and they have room, they don't have a, they don't have a walk-in closet, they have a walk-in room for clothes, and clothes is just the easiest one, I'm just using that as an example, but you know what I mean, it, it's, it's, it, we got to keep some stuff, but other times it can become a problem, anybody heard of, uh, of Marie Kondo, Marie Kondo, remember the show Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, it was a Netflix special about this, this woman that would come in, and, and she would, she would help you reorganize your stuff, it was kind of odd, but it was really cool, and she had, it was like a crazy craze for a while, but she had a principle in there that I thought was really good, very practical principle. It says, you thank the item for what it was used for. You thank the item for what it used for, for the purpose that it served, and then you say goodbye. Right? You had that moment of sentiment, oh, you know, I really appreciate this. Okay, now it's goodbye, because it's, it's not about holding on to the thing of the past. It's about walking forward to the future. Right? It's, 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 it's the less is more mentality. It's better to have one handful with tranquility than more with toil and chasing of the wind. Better to have less of what does matter than more of what doesn't matter. Don't let the stuff crowd out what matters most. Number two, very, very practical as well, and even better, I think, buy less. Toss it and then buy less. I say this knowing very well that some of us are going to go shopping on Friday because it's Black Friday or on Cyber Monday. Some of you are already scouring the deals. Do you know 62% of people admit to shopping to cheer themselves up? I just need to, I just need to cheer myself up. You know, shopping, it's, it's in a form of escape or entertainment. I just want something new. It'll make me feel more powerful. I buy something I don't need to impress people I don't like kind of thing, you know, just, or it's a sweet deal. I don't need this, but it's just a sweet deal. It's, it was only 20 bucks, you know, it was 62% off. 
I said to Jody the other day, I, I was looking at Black Friday deals, and I said, wow, 65-inch TV, $450. She's like, we don't need a TV. We have a few TVs. I'm like, I know, it's just a sweet deal. Something in me was like, I, should, I could probably get that, you know. I don't need another TV. Buying. Here's what the psalmist says. Psalms chapter uh, 119 says this. Turn my heart, Lord, turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things and preserve my life according to your word. What if we got to the place where our, our lives were so full of God, we're so full of God that we don't need things to feel the void, to feel better. I don't need a shopping trip. I don't need to go and get a good deal. I don't need to keep on to the stuff. I don't need a new toy in the garage. You know, I don't need a new whippersnipper because I don't know if people buy whippersnippers. Did you even call them whippersnippers? Whatever. I, oh, I need a bigger snowblower for all the snow that's outside right now, you know? You know, I just need to get another quad or whatever it is. What if we were, got to the place where we're so full of, full of Jesus that stuff doesn't make us feel better because we already feel better? Or we know where to go to actually feel better. Can I just be honest? I don't know if I'm entirely there yet. Hence, looking through the Black Friday flyer, looking at a TV, thinking this is a good deal. I don't think I'm there yet because some days I just like a big bowl full of ice cream to feel better. But what if we got to the place where we were? What if we pursued the Lord, actually pursued him, not just came to church on a Sunday morning, not just went through, through, through Bible reading because that's what we do, but we pursued a relationship to such a degree, to such a level, to such a place where I feel so full of God that I don't need anymore. Because the lie is what I don't have is what I need, right? Adam and Eve had everything. God literally walked with them in the Garden of Eden. And the lie got into their mind, and they looked at the one thing they didn't have access to. They had access to God. He's walking. They heard him in the garden. Like they heard God walking. They had access to everything they need. What if we got to the place where, where we didn't need the things to feel, fill the void? I just need to go through my closet and look at some stuff because it makes me feel better. Or I'm going to go for a ride on whatever this toy is. And I get it. That's, that's not wrong stuff. The stuff is not wrong. It's wrong when the stuff owns you. It's wrong when the stuff becomes an idol, when it comes, when it comes into the place that God should be. It's, it's not wrong to have the things in the garage. It's not wrong to have the closet full of stuff. It's, it's wrong when that stuff owns you. I want more of God so that when I look at things, they don't define me anymore. How I look on a Sunday morning, what my neighbors think of me, how I cut my grass, what kind of lights I have up, why I don't need to go shopping for this or that, because Jesus defines who I am. Now, if you're here and you don't, and you don't buy this whole God stuff, I'm just glad you're here. But here's the principle. Here's the principle. You will never feel whole filling your life with things. And all the stuff that we chase after, all the things we chase after, only momentarily satisfy. And we all know this to be true because we always go on another shopping trip or always buy more or always collecting more because it only momentarily satisfies. But God is the only one who truly satisfies. And you know what the difference is? We treat God like a fix sometimes. <sighs> I'm just having a hard ride. I need to go to church, get my fix. You know, I'm good. Now I put God on the shelf. I'm good for a week do my week stuff, come back. And so we treat God like a shopping trip. 
We treat, we treat God like stuff. I need to feel better, so I got my God, bring him out for a bit, feel good, put him back. Do you know you could feel truly satisfied with God all the time if you just stayed with him? Like when you walked out of here and you went to your life and you, and you worked and you went home and, and you ate your meals and you went, went to your job and you interact with people, if God was just a part of that, you'd still feel whole. Like God doesn't leave, you leave. God doesn't, God doesn't take a step back, you take a step back. God doesn't take a step away, you take a step away. Right? But if we treated God like he was God and not a thing to possess and to make us feel better, say, God, I truly want to be satisfied in you, so I'm going to let go of these things. I'm going to toss it. I'm going to buy less because I need more of you. I'm creating space for more of you. Yes, it's a physical thing, but sometimes the physical thing takes up room in our spiritual heart. Sometimes the, 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 the item, the stuff, the, the closet, the garage, whatever it may be, whatever it may be for you, takes up physical room, yes, but it's taken up spiritual room. And so we need to move it in order to create room in our hearts. Ironically enough, I get rid of things that I'm holding so tightly onto to make room for something else. You know, can I just give you an example of something? When uh, Jody and I were dating, um, we were talking about marriage, and, you know, we're at that stage, and we're all excited, and I'm looking at my bank account, and I'm like, I don't got a lot of money to get a ring. But I was really into biking at the time, really into biking, like trail riding. You know, me and my buddies would go out, and we'd get dirty, and it was awesome, and I had this really nice bike, but I needed to buy a ring. I didn't need to buy a ring. I wanted to buy a ring. And so I looked at my bike. That cost me a few hundreds of dollars, I'm like, well, I could sell this, and that would probably make up the difference. <sighs> but I love my bike. This is before we're married. I love my bike. Oh, but like, oh. And I'm like, well, what can, what can I do? Maybe I'll just wait a little longer and save up more money, but I really want to marry this girl because I love this girl. And so I sold my bike. And I thought, one day I'll be able to buy another bike. One day I can trust God to provide for me again. Do you want to know when I bought a, a bike? This summer, used bike, because I didn't care about a $100 bike or hundreds of dollars bike. I just bought a used bike that's going to get me from A to B so I can take my dog for a quick walk instead of a long walk. <laughs> but I got rid of something that I felt like owned, owned me, a physical thing, to create room in my heart for, some, for someone that was way more important. And the same thing happens with our relationship with God. We, we, we get rid of the stuff because the stuff is owning us to make room for the God to come in. And saying, Lord, I don't, I don't, I'm no longer defined. I don't need another shopping trip. I don't need to buy more things because I'm creating room for you. And you are going to complete me. You are going to make me feel whole. You are going to satisfy. Buy less. We make Christmas about stuff, right? What if, what if in, instead of, of buying stuff, we just made experiences? We just experienced more. You know, and around this time of year, all of our extended family kind of gives us the call or sends us the message. What, you know, it's always usually grandparents and aunts and uncles. What do kids want for Christmas? And, and we have tons of stuff. I'm like, they don't want anything. They, want, they think they want stuff, but I'm like, they don't want anything. We got enough of stuff, right? But we've been, we've been telling our family, don't buy them stuff because they're going to play for it for like two days. Get them an experience. Help us make a memory. Help us, help us do something with them, so, or even with you, it creates a memory that lasts a life, lifetime. Because when you think about it and you look back over your life, the odd time you re might remember stuff, like I remember my Taekwondo gear, but I don't, I'm not fond of it, right? 
I remember the memories. I remember the adventures. I remember the people. When and you hear stories all the time when people are on their deathbed, they're not like, can you, can you get me my snowboard and my bike? You know, I just really want to hold them one last time. You know, no, they think of people. They want people. They want family. They want friends around. The odd time you hear of this crazy story of someone wants to be buried with their money, right? Well, we all know that that's crazy. We're all like, oh, that's wow. Because you can't bring it with you. You can't bring stuff with you when you go. Right? That's why Jesus talked about build up treasure in heaven, not treasure on earth. Because one day you will die. It will happen. And all the stuff that you've been collecting and hoarding will no longer be there. And do you know who's going to be left cleaning it up? Your children. And the people that you've left behind, they're going to have to clean it all up. Get rid of it. Buy less. Make more memories. Because memories last. Very practical, right? Memories last. Toss it. Buy less. Lastly, I'm going to invite the worship team to come up with this one. Give more. Toss it, buy less, and lastly is give more. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, I think it will be on the screen for us. It says, command those who are rich in this present world, and let me just pause here, rich is a relative term. I, I read a, a statistic, I don't know if it's true, but I read it, that if you, if you drove somewhere today like here, you're among the 5 to 7% richest people on the planet. You're rich people. You're rich people. If, if, here's another one. If you, have, if you ate or can eat or have the option to have three meals a day, on this planet, you're rich people. If you, could, if you could somehow spend money on your bad habits, you're rich people. If you could pick up a phone and order pizza, you're rich people. That's what we're not just talking about, oh, command those who are rich in this present world. Oh, those are the millionaires and the billionaires, and those people have bank accounts, and they don't know what to do with their money. That's not what he's talking about. Command those who are rich in this, this present world not to be arrogant nor put their hope in their wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Basically what that's saying is we don't need to feel guilty when God blesses us. We don't, we don't need to feel, you don't need to feel bad about having stuff. You don't need to feel bad about having nice stuff. You can have really nice, expensive stuff. But you don't want the stuff to own you. Right? You don't want the stuff to take place of God. That's what he, he goes on to say. He says, he says, command them to not buy more, not, not get more, not desire more. He says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be rich in good deeds, to be rich in good deeds. That's, that's, a, that's a type of wealth, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. It's not, he doesn't say get rid of all your stuff. He says just be willing to share. Be generous. Be rich in good deeds. Now, verse 19, in this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. In other words, in heaven, if you, if you live like this, command those who are rich to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share, because that way you're going to lay up for yourself a foundation in heaven where you will spend eternity, and eternity is a lot longer than this planet. Don't lay up for yourself a foundation here. Lay up for yourself a foundation there. It says, command them um, to, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share, and this, this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. That's truly life. Your life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Let it go. 
Let it go. Don't hold on it anymore. Let it go before it owns you. You want a, a, a good test whether or not something owns you? One, have you, you, have you not used it in a long time? Because that's probably something you need to approach. Are you having a hard time getting rid of it and why? Now, if it, again, if it was like your grandmother's ring from whatever, hey, great, hold on to that. But if it's like 17 different pairs of whatever, or it's just, it's just, it's the cutlery and the, you know, people have cutlery and plates that they never touch, but it's just when people come over. This is the nice stuff for when people come over, but even when the people come over, you don't bring that stuff out because it's too nice. Your life does not consist in the abundance of possessions, this scripture is saying, but when you're a blessing, life consists when you're a blessing. That's truly life. When, what consists of when you overflow in good deeds and you're generous. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. It's better to, to, to let it go, to give it away, to bless somebody else. Do you know you, if you are rich today, you are not rich for yourself. If, if you are rich by culture's terms, if you, are, if you have a bank account that is full, it's not for you. God gave it to you to be a blessing to somebody else. Be, be better to, to give than to receive than to hoard. There's a story in the scripture Jesus told of a man who needed to build more storage spaces because he had more stuff. He's like, man, i got to build more storage. There's barns, but we'll call it storage to make it more applicable to today. I need another closet. I need another garage. I need more space. I need another house to keep all my stuff because I, I need another bank account. I need a bank account overseas because i got so much. He says, you fool, your life will be taken from you tonight, and then what will happen to the stuff? Like, what happens if we store up all this stuff and we don't have, op and we're like, well, one day I'm going to give it away. One, like, I hear about these, 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 you know, Bill Gates type characters. They're like, yeah, I got a lot of wealth, and when I retire one day, when I'm older, I'm going to give 75% of away. What happens if you die today? Then what does your life consist of? Hoarding. But what if I gave it away now? You know, I've heard this, this, this thing that some you know, grandparents are doing is instead of giving their kids an inheritance, they're blessing them now. They take them on trips and they do things now because they actually want to watch it happen. They don't want the, you know, the 19-year-old or the 25-year-old to, to get a chunk of money and then blow it and then it'll be nothing. They want to bless them with memories and things. That's the inheritance. You get the inheritance now so that we can do it together and it creates these lasting memories. How cool is that? I'm not storing up in my storage shed or my barn. I'm not building another barn, but I'm being rich in good deeds and I'm being generous and willing to share, building memories. I'm giving. Why? Because better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with chasing and toiling of the wind. You know, some of us work so hard to have more stuff. Jody and I reflect on this often. Like, what if, what if our lives looked differently and we weren't in full-time ministry like this? Right? What if I wasn't able to just quickly zip out of the office so I could pick up my boys from school? I know some people don't have that, that, that blessing. I consider that a blessing. But I could easily get up at 7 o'clock in the morning and then work till 9 o'clock at night, but then I'd never see my family. And again, if people need to do that, I understand. But what if you don't need to do that? Right? Sometimes we're, we're toiling and we're chasing after more stuff and more wealth, and we're missing out on what's most important. Better have less of what does matter than more of what doesn't, right? 
It's better to have less of what does matter than more of what doesn't matter. I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to pray us out in just a moment, but i got three statements really quick. And the team's going to lead us in a, in a chorus of that song we sung again just to lead us out. Never let the stuff keep you from living the life you want. Never let stuff keep you from living the life you want. Don't let it own you. You are not your stuff. You are not your possessions. They do not define you. And I'm just quoting Jesus because Jesus is really cool. Life is more than the abundance of possessions. There's more to it than the stuff. So Father God, I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that somewhere in this, the scripture, God, that says better to have one handful of tranquility, God, that we would take that to heart. Maybe we're here and we've been holding on to something. Maybe we've been chasing after something. Maybe we've been believing the lie that says more is better, that what I don't have is what I need. God, would you just speak to our hearts? Would you teach us, God, to, to let go of the things that maybe hold us back from, from you? God, that maybe prevent us from moving forward in our faith? Lord, would you help us to let go of our idols? Lord, the, the stuff, God, that we've hold so closely to our heart that's taken up space in our heart. God, would you help us to not build up treasure on earth, but to build it up in heaven? Would you allow us, God, to be rich according to your standards and not according to our culture's standards? God, I'm thankful for who you are. I'm thankful that you are a giving God that you not only gave life, God, but you gave us salvation, you gave us Jesus, you gave us your son, that you gave us the Holy Spirit to be with us, to empower us to live today. You are a giver. Lord, and I pray in the name of Jesus that we would take in that mindset. Lord, we, it's not, well, I know, God, it's not wrong to have things, but it's wrong when those things own us. So speak to us. Help us to be more like you and let us leave this Christmas season changed letting go of the stuff that stops us from getting to the next level in our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Team's gonna lead us. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.